0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking super wild card weekend and continued updated Dynasty rankings on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at RotoViz, ready to quickly recap some of the action from over the weekend and then look forward to some more dynasty fantasy football. Curtis, how are you doing, my friend?
2: Doing great, man. Uh, some really fun football to watch this weekend. Uh, it's and I love the three days, the three days on the first weekend. This is really cool to have a Monday night uh, football contest. The the Rams and Cardinals going at it as we're actually recording this show. But tons of great football over the past two days. Excited to cut it up with you, and uh, I I definitely feel uh, ready to start talking uh, more dynasty in twenty twenty two.
1: So. I just want to run down here some of the exciting performances from the weekend at each position as we spent so much time last week looking forward to some of these early matchups in the playoffs. Josh Allen, who we went out on a limb for, came through (laughs) in a big way. Uh, Five passing touchdowns, 308 yards, um, 66 rushing yards for a total of 38 point nine fantasy points. I did not enjoy watching this game as a new England Patriots fan, uh, but I did feel good about the results of some of our teams, given uh, how strongly Allen performed. And then what about Patrick Mahomes? The chiefs just absolutely run over the Steelers five passing touchdowns for Mahomes, four hundred and four yards adds 29 on the ground and finishes with 37.1 to this point, the two quarterback performances that have really separated themselves from the pack.
2: Yeah, man. Um, the the best playing at their best in uh in the most important time of the year. So that that's really cool. Um what an awesome game mm-hmm. that is gonna be next weekend. Buffalo traveling to Kansas City, these quarterbacks each coming off of a combined 10 touchdowns in the in the wildcard weekend. Uh, it's that's as good as it gets man um it's a shame that that's not going to be the afc championship but you know uh that's probably not fair to the titans who had a great year uh to just gloss over them and the the bengals getting it done getting their first uh playoff victory in like 30 years i think dave um which was really cool jamar chase looking every bit the part of a superstar uh, many other solid performances in that game t higgins notably uh, absent from the box score for the most <laughs> part, um, a player that that you and I and Blair got onto late in some of our our builds uh, from the Friday episode uh, after the adjustment and getting getting information on on Leonard Fournette and James Conner, uh, we actually got onto a little bit of Darren Waller, uh, and, and he ended up posting respectable. Line there. Uh, the other player that you didn't mention from the Buffalo game, as we're talking tight end there for a second. Oh my god, my boy Dawson I know, Knox, man, with a pair, with a pair of touchdowns <laughs> in the first weekend. That's you know, crazy. That was crazy. Just everything was working. It really wasn't. had man.
1: jokingly mentioned Knox a couple of times as like a sneaky tight end. Did not get him into any builds, but I really wish that I had. I mean, listen to this line here for Dawson Knox. Uh, saw just five targets, but five receptions, two receiving touchdowns, um, 89 receiving yards to the tune of 25.9 actually ties himself with Travis Kelsey and, uh, Outscores Jamar Chase and nearly every other wide receiver. So just insane. Absolutely insane. Um, At the running back position, though, which uh, didn't even get there yet. I was not expecting to say Jarek McKinnon at this point would be the top scoring running back with 26.2, followed by Devin Singletary with 24.4, also a Gio Bernard at 19.3. But at this point, Curtis, only two running backs uh, outstripping 20 points.
2: Yeah. Um it, I I heard Sean talk a little bit about this on uh, one of his appearances last week. He joined the ship chasing guys, uh a bunch of our uh former his crew running that running that ship over there with Pat Corrain and uh Pete Overzet and Ben Gretsch. And he he was talking about how many running backs would you play if it was just all flex? <laughs> Uh, for this playoff challenge <laughs> and and of course uh you know he he joked that you know maybe zero um and but that's kind of how it looked uh in the, in the first week and and McKinnon blowing up doesn't really help anybody because he didn't really have the chance to get on him i mean it, it looked like Ed Rozellare might play and then of course Daryl Williams did play but just was you know ineffective uh, and, and McKinnon was hot so uh you know good, good for him um it's the type of game that i think you know many uh, McKinnon truthers had envisioned for him for years and years and years. It, it's kind of funny in the, the same year that quarter uh, Cordero Patterson actually pops that Jarek McKinnon now has a noteworthy game too.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, there's some players that you just sit around waiting and waiting on, and then sometimes they pay off. It feels like it was not that long ago now that uh McKinnon was a like first round pick and then ended up missing the entire season. So perhaps there's there's somebody out there that managed to, uh, you know, finally get a nice payoff from McKinnon. But those were some of the best performances. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, a name that we actually probably should mention, pretty impressive game for him, even though uh, his team really struggled, went seven of eight, two receiving touchdowns. Uh, to the tune of 28.1 points. Mike Evans also with a nice game at 26.7. He went nine for 10 with one receiving touchdown and added 117 receiving yards. The most of any wide receiver at this point, of course, we'll have to see what, uh, you know, maybe Cooper Cup has in store tonight. Uh, But Evans, one of these players um, that, you know, I don't think in the playoff challenge is going to be as rostered, uh, given the fact that Brady was probably a popular option, I think Gronk might have been a popular option at tight end, and then Gronk actually came through with uh, just twelve point three points. But nice game for Mike Evans to start things off.
2: Yeah, you know one of the squads that does have Mike Evans, yes. Dave, is uh, <laughs> is is uh, one of my entries. I've got a, I've got a live one here with with Cooper Cup and the Arizona defense going tonight. Um, but I'm I'm sitting here in 46th place. Um, and so, you know, we, we we may have a lot to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's a Josh Allen team. I'll just run down the lineup quickly. Josh Allen, Derek Henry, Joe Mixon. Um, then then just an avalanche of wide receivers here. Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper. And then Darren Waller in the final flex there with Travis Kelsey. And then I had Nick Folk in Arizona team defense. So fa- faded the Steelers, faded the Eagles. Um, and then went, you know, with the soft fade on Arizona, the thought being that, you know, tonight perhaps, uh, Matt Stafford would throw a touchdown to both teams, uh, as he's been known to do Mm -hmm. throughout the season. So, uh, we'll, we'll see if script plays into, into my hand there, but I'm pretty excited. All these FFPC contests are just so much fun. Um, and and as we talked about last week, it, you know, this, this one is unique in, in several different ways. So it's cool to have a a super live looking bullet uh, here at the end of the first Yeah, for
1: sure. And it was funny because when we were putting together a team uh, via like a slow draft, as we called it, just like sending messages back and forth, one of those teams, I thought that we, uh, I had said Evans, of course, that was like, the second time in a row that I'd said a player who already had a player on his team rostered by us. So we couldn't take him. So like I kept getting excited and I'd have to remind myself, like, oh, wait, like we, we don't have we don't have Evans. Anyway, though, uh, let's get into some Dynasty. All right. So last week we talked some about what the first 12 players, the first round of a super flex startup might look like. I wanted to pick that back up this week and run our listeners through what round two might look like. Now, the first player, and this might come as a surprise for anybody that hasn't been listening to us through the year, but our 13th player overall, when you take Sean Siegel, Curtis, your rankings, and my rankings, is Javante Williams. And he comes out with a valuation that places him as like two firsts in a second round pick. Now we've talked about a number of the leading indicator metrics. When you look at his advanced stats, we've talked about how, you know, the profile transitioning from college to pro plays out. Um, you know, that there's a lot of encouraging signs there. There's still some things in flux within the organization that he's in right now and what that offense might look like. Uh, but I don't think to listeners, this is going to be that surprising, but probably still surprising overall in relation to the rest of the industry. Do you think by the time the dust settles and we start approaching like startup season in earnest, we're going to be that much higher than everybody else? Do you think this is going to be kind of in step with the rest of the industry?
2: I think it'll probably be pretty in step and it's just the convergence of a couple of things happening. Um, you know, one beyond Jonathan Jonathan Taylor, there's probably not going to be much of a consensus. I mean, Taylor's checking all the boxes as a young workhorse that had the pedigree and now has fulfilled, you know, that destiny in the NFL. All of the former, you know, the studs of the past couple seasons um are either aging or have had, you know, multiple uh, injury laden seasons over the last couple of years. And so there's big question marks. Um, and so it's a real battle and it's basically going to be, you know, do you value the McCaffrey cook Camara Mixon, Eckler type backs who are, you know, they're, they're into the second contract. Uh, they, they have pretty established positions, but you know, it's a slippery slope and that slope, we don't know when it's going to come. Um, but it could be dangerous um, year to year uh, at this point, or do you want to roll the dice on uh, Najee Harris in an offense that's going to have to change Devontae Williams in an offense that's going to have to change or DeAndre Swift in an offense that's going to have to change. And I I think just knowing the dynasty community, like I do, I I think that Swift and Williams will, will both pro and and maybe Harris uh, will probably all usurp McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin cook, Alvin Kamara, uh, etc., cetera, uh, in the rankings. So I, I, would, I would say by the time we're really hot and heavy into startup season. So that's usually around the NFL combine, maybe even a little after as, as people get a little bit more comfortable. I, I think that you'll see the consensus RB2 be either Javante Williams or DeAndre Swift.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Um, I don't think that will really be the most surprising result that we would have in there. Now, the player that we have slated behind Williams, I want to ask you about as well. And that's Debo Samuel. Uh, We have him with evaluation that puts him um, with two firsts and then somewhere around like, um, you know, maybe like a third or a fourth. Now, for you, you have him in what looks to me to be kind of like a wide receiver tier of his of his own. Let me make sure that looks right. I'm going to play around with the rankings here. Yeah, because you have a pretty big drop between Debo and uh Debo and T. Higgins. I've yeah, so T- actually you don't have that big yeah, of a drop. I've got T.
2: Higgins and Cooper Cup. Yeah. yeah, I've got I've got Debo, T. Higgins and Cooper Cup kind of in that that 1B wide receiver yep. tier. Uh that's coming after, you know, the the Jefferson Chase uh Tyreek tier. Um and so yeah, so it's dangerous though. You know, as good as he's looked, the role is so weird. You know, it's almost now like he's a running back first. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's the way his usage has trended. And, you know, that could look a lot different with Trey Lance at quarterback next year. So I, I, I do think um, there's a big decision to be made on Debo Samuel. Will the team bring back Jimmy Garoppolo with his raw as Trey Lance looked uh, throughout the season? Will they give him one more year and wait till mid-season next year to transition? Um, or will they jettison Jimmy G and then we have to play the waiting game? Which receiver will uh Trey Lance uh fixate on in that offense or will it be George Kittle? And if Debo's deployed similarly next year, will he get as many rushing opportunities when he's got a uh a run happy quarterback? So he could be even better with that type of quarterback or, you know, he he could see his touches, you know, drop by 20%. So he he's definitely a risky player. He's at an all-time value high coming off of uh, a great spotlight game in the playoffs on the road in Dallas. Everybody watching. So if you have a league where the trade the uh, the trade window never closes, as a true dynasty league uh, should be, it's a good it's a good time to pedal Debo Samuel for future picks if you're in a rebuild. Yeah,
1: and I actually have um, Samuel in a wide receiver tier where he's ranked. Right in step with C.D. Lamb, D. Higgins, Cooper Cup, D.J. Moore, A.J. Brown, and Jalen Waddle. So I kind of have all of those guys grouped in there, as we talked about before. I tend to have a lot of guys kind of concentrated in one spot, which I think some could say that that isn't that great of evaluation for where Samuel could be. But I would say, given some of the concerns that you mentioned, I think that's pretty significant. Um, and speaks to what I see for him. So I'm still feeling pretty good about him. Um, I also think that it's interesting to see a player, um, like Cooper cup, you know, with this, with this resurgence that, or I shouldn't say resurgence, I guess I don't even know what to call what cup did this year. Cause it was just so ridiculous, uh, to see him holding on. On strong there. But a player that I really want to talk about here is uh, Christian McCaffrey now falling down to our rank 17 now. Sean actually has him as a, a full second rounder and two first rounders. You and I both put him in as just two first rounders. Now, when you compare that to a player like Kyle Pitts, it's interesting to see those players now situated. In the same range, other players that would fall into our round two, you have DeAndre Swift, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, and then Devonte Adams just rounding things out. I guess the question that I'll throw to, to you here, Curtis, is um, are there any players that when you're looking at this list that you see Sean and I have higher than you that you're just really wondering why?
2: Um, I still yeah, it's um CD Lamb, especially for Sean. Now again, um Sean's Sean's been busy with yeah. other things as well. Um so his 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 rankings are about 30 days old here. So we should take that with a grain of salt. Um and and I would I would think maybe after the information over the latter half of the season, he would have um come back to earth just a little bit on CD. Um he's he's more than a second round above you, and he's like a second and third rounder combined bordering on two seconds above where I've got him. I don't have Lamb valued at two full uh, first round picks mm-hmm. at this point. Um, it, it just comes down to whether or not you think Lamb's struggles this season were injury-based uh, because he was battling injury um, or whether you think the team context is, is likely to change. I mean, Amari Cooper, you know, could be gone. Michael Gallup could could be gone, but we also saw Cedric Wilson emerge. We saw Dalton Schultz emerge, Blake Jarwin getting involved again. Um, Dak is always going to run a little bit. Uh, They're throwing to the back still. CD did not turn in the type of season, you know, that we were hoping for from a, from a role perspective, even if he had been in, in uh, inefficient, if he had seen the type of volume I I would have been more in, but you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in other uh other types of receivers that are in this um price range like i would rather have cooper cup um you know past his age apex than cd lamb straight up and dynasty right now cooper cup could see a 25 percent reduction in fantasy production next year and still score over 300 fantasy points i mean that feels that, pretty, does. that feels like a pretty safe that floor feels like a pretty safe floor man um and, you know, AJ, like AJ Brown, you know, I think these, those two guys have been, you know, similarly valued, um, for, for a while, but AJ is the unquestioned alpha in that offense. He's a couple years older, but he's the unquestioned alpha and, and he's had some injury problems of his own, but he's come right back, uh, and, and dominated, um, in short order, Jalen Waddle, uh, you know, he, he came in right away and, and had, um, you know, really high end target market share as a rookie justifying his. Uh, first round um, draft pick investment, uh, you know, there's just other other even DK Metcalf. At least we know he's the established two uh, in that offense and and Metcalf or uh, Lockett's much older than than Cooper. If Cooper sticks around, there's just a lot of things when you start stacking CD up head to head with other players. Uh, he just loses a lot of the tiebreakers for me. Even Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore's comps uh, his his rookie Sims and a lot of our tools they were just off the chain man he looks like a future uh, Antonio Brown type receiver you know I would rather gamble on that uh, with the elite uh, target market share that I expect him to have in year two versus versus CD at this point so it's not even that I don't like CD he just has momentum going in the wrong direction he he probably will be an attractive buy this offseason and you may see a little bit of discounted dynasty startups if there's enough people that feel the way that I do. So you know, I could end up getting to the point where I call him a value, but I haven't quite seen that. Uh, I haven't seen that manifest like amongst my Twitter follower uh, organization here. Like when, when I, uh, I think it was, he uh, was it earlier. Oh, the podfather. The podfather put out a tweet earlier today um, that said, you know, C.D. Lamb, a top five dynasty wide receiver. And I just... Replied no, and like immediately got some hate. Oh yeah, from, from Cowboys and CD Lamb yeah. fans. So you know it's like, you know I think that that people are just so used to having his name there that it feels like sudden when you drop a guy out. Uh, it's not necessarily that we don't like him. There's just lots of question marks. Way more question marks after year two than I thought there would have been for him.
1: Yeah, and you know um, that all makes sense when you break it out like that. The other thing that I'm noticing too is I kind of look through purely just going through Lamb stats in the Stat Explorer. It's hard to point to one thing that makes him look like a player that can really separate and, and, you know, remain in or above the list with some of that company that we talked about. You know, not a player that's going to be, you know, top three in touchdowns, not a player that's, you know, going to be top three in terms of air yards per target and breaking these long plays. Um, you know, there's, there's really nothing that I can point to. And then this year too. And as you said, you know, some of it could have been the injuries was a wide receiver one, just 25% of the time and only wide receiver two, 19% of the time, you know, finished off the back half of the season with 14 or fewer points in every game from week 14 on. Um, it had a couple of duds in there this year too, just 3.3 points against Carolina, just 4.3 points against Denver, 4.4 points against Kansas City. So. When you kind of run me through it, I think that Lamb is one of those players that I'm gonna have to reevaluate as I continue to work on these rankings. Um, but yeah, I think that um it's it's fair to say that perhaps some of the name recognition that Lamb has been carrying um should be called into question. So Dak Prescott yeah, the, oh, I ahead. think yep. the last thing I'll say. Yep.
2: Yeah, I wanna yeah, I wanna say one more thing there because I, I think he should be C D Lamb should be valued a lot more like Marquise Brown. Um, than than the, the Uber mm-hmm. elites. I mean, it it could still all happen for CD, but like the team context is is very much the same. It's like we're not sure that he's going to truly get elite usage. And I mean, I mean, geez, I mean, Hollywood Brown had twenty seven percent team target market share um, this season, and you know that e- even after enduring you know some Tyler Huntley and, and Josh Johnson, he you know finished the season as a PPR wide receiver twenty. Uh, and 12th in expected points per game. But you you don't you would never have put those names necessarily even me, you know, probably the biggest Hollywood fan around. I wouldn't have had those guys similarly valued, you know, entering the season, but I think that's a much more fair tier uh to to value CDN and I I just think that'll be met with a lot of opposition, but when when you really look at it objectively, um I think it's hard to poke holes in that point of view.
1: Fair enough. Um So when you look at our second round um, here, you'll see that Dak is the only quarterback in there and just two running backs being Javante Williams, or excuse me, three running backs, Javante Williams, Christian McCaffrey, and DeAndre Swift, very wide receiver heavy, just one tight end in there at Kyle Pitts. Um, So when you're kind of thinking that through there, Curtis, and as that relates to maybe the way that a startup would flow, knowing that there's a lot of attractive wide receiver options in there, um, is that going to shape anything about the way that you might approach a dynasty startup if you were going to be you know drafting in one maybe in three, four months from now?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, a qu- quarterback is really, really interesting. If you can get an elite one early, I, I think that you should. Um, but beyond, you know, there's actually a a pretty big tier, I think that occurs either after Joe Burrow at QB six, that's where it really, that's the, that's the true teardrop at quarterback. And then you get into the, what do you think about them crowd with Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, uh, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Trey Lance, Russell Wilson, will he be moving around? So then, then it's like the, what do you think about them, um, crowd. And then you also have a lot of quarterback talent coming into the league in this year's 2022 NFL draft, I think as many as five quarterbacks will go in the first round, certainly by the end of the second. Um, So you're going to have an opportunity for a lot of quarterback value in the middle um, to late single digit rounds of super flex startups. And so hammering the surer things um, at wide receiver, in particular, or one of the elite tight ends, if it's a tight end premium setting, like our RotoFlick, uh RotoFlicks, Roto, <laughs> Roto, what the hell is rotoflex? Good grief! Oh, it's only Monday. Man. It's not even Friday. Um, <laughs> I think I was getting into TriFlex. Yep. So RotoViz TriFlex Dynasty leagues, uh, tight end premium setting. I, I like that build a lot more. So starting with an elite quarterback. You know, hammer wide receiver and tight end, uh, maybe mixing in one running back if there's a a younger guy that uh, presents a value through the first six, seven rounds before you really consider the QB two. That's probably how I approach it. Pretty much how I approach it every year because all that really changes is the names, these draft slots, and you know the value in in those rounds does not.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, So it will be interesting to kind of see what shifts there might be to this, if any um as we start to see what happens in free agency as teams address needs in the draft but that kind of takes us to the end of the line here i think for this review of what's going to be in round 2 a little bit of a looser format tonight um any closing thoughts though here uh before we wrap up
2: i just want to remind people to lock in their uh Roto-Viz, uh 2022 uh, rookie draft guide uh, for fantasy football. You know we've got that on the site right now. You can just go to the top of the page. Twenty twenty two rookie guide seventeen ninety nine gets you all three issues. The the it's hard to believe, Dave, but like probably eight or nine days from now, volume one is going to be out. It's going to be out in the middle of next week. Um, so you know we're working on our our rankings. Um, just got that file uploaded. I'm, I'm pretty locked into my top two, uh, top two rounds worth in uh, every major format. I know you and, uh, Sean and, and Blair and Travis will get to work on yours as well this week and lots of great content. So, uh, grab that bundle. You're going to get your initial payoff next week with volume one coming out. Um, and just a reminder to check out some of the other great shows on, on Rotoviz radio. Um, if you haven't given Sean and calm. A listen in a bit. They're still um, running hot with Rotaviz overtime every week, kind of covering a broad swath of topics. And then Sean and Ben um, Gretch on stealing bananas, uh, really getting into uh, I-, I think um, the deeper uh, recesses of, of strategy. Uh, also a broad topic show. Um, but they, they really go down the rabbit hole. Sometimes it's really fun to listen to that show. So I'd encourage you to check out those two shows in particular. Uh, but lots of great content on RotoViz Radio.
1: Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.